Today we'll be talking to Marta, founder from Garage Stories, an open lab for content creators to explore and build powerful use cases with emerging technology, mainly VR, AR. So they are based in both Barcelona and Silicon Valley. Welcome, Marta. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much. So can you explain us a little bit more about Garage Stories, about what you're doing? Sure. So Garage Stories, as the name says, it aims to be a garage, which to us is more of a, of a mindset. It means to be a playground where the creative community from a wide um, diversity of backgrounds, from developers to storytellers to architects to musicians, anything, to come together to, to explore and build languages for emerging medium. We started actually in 2017 in, in Silicon Valley, where all great ideas seem to come out from, from a garage. So I kind of spent a year there trying to figure out what was special about the garage. And then it's when this, this, this mindset um, appeared, that concept of when you're in a garage, there is no pressure to do things right. You're actually allowing yourself to, to play, which means that you're allowing yourself to take risks. And then it's when good ideas and innovative ideas that change things can appear. And it also has a bit focus on, on community because the people that participate in the events, they don't know each other. So what we aim to do, creating these multidisciplinary teams that probably met for the first time the day that the lab starts, is to first of all force people out of their comfort zone and be challenged by radical new ways of looking at the same, at the same problem. And we believe that when trying to build something new, that there is no rules, that we don't know how it works, that's a, a definitely a very good tool. Okay. How did you end up in Silicon Valley? So what's your background and how did you come up with the idea okay, to do something like that? <laughs> okay, that's, that's a funny story. So I studied business in Barcelona. That's where I'm actually from. And then I moved to Germany where I was working for, um, for a year at a news station. They're a Russian news station, which basically I got trained into film production from scratch in a newsroom, which means that everything is from yet for yesterday. So time is a pressure thing. So I, I basically learned the, 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 the producing skills in a very fast-paced environment. And after a while, I moved to L.A. where I studied film. And when I came back to, to Berlin... I, I had in mind this idea of creating a festival with the premise that movies didn't exist the first day of the festival. And everyone told me that I was crazy because in film, <laughs> trying to, to do a co-creation festival where the participants were challenged to co-create movies was, was impossible because in, in film there is a lot of ego and I will never be able to to successfully carry out. But I, I decided that my idea was very good and I was going to do it anyways. So that's how I started organizing co-creative film festivals, which at the end worked very well because the late motive was to learn, network, share and create. And I was doing that in different cities. I started in Berlin, then in Barcelona, which we partnered with the city council, then in, in Copenhagen. And it was good, but at some point movies were reinvented and it was something that we all knew I mean it's not that we all knew how to do it but there was no no field for for exploration and then is when I got in contact with all these emerging technologies when I moved to Silicon Valley for for inspiration and 
and that technology has completely opened my eyes to a to a whole new world. Not so much for what I saw at the time. I think we're talking about mid 2016, but for what I imagined that they could do and how much they were going to disrupt the media industry. So at the time, I reframed the co-creation festivals into an R&D lab, which had the same philosophy, which was to bring together people from very different backgrounds. At that time, of course, instead of just having filmmakers, we opened it to all sorts of creative profiles. And it's been so far a two year and a half journey. And and it's been a, a quite enlightening like journey and experience because we've been doing these these workshops even if they started in Silicon Valley in many different countries and it's really enriching to see how different cultures approach the co-creation process and also the impact that these technologies can have in their lives mm-hmm. yeah but st- it's to me it sounds strange that you started out of Silicon Valley because okay maybe the technology was there but it's not like the like the center of the storytelling or, or the film industry it would, it would have made more sense if you would have started that from from LA for example instead of Silicon Valley how did it why Silicon Valley then yeah sure so I, I actually in the first place I, I never intended to move to Silicon Valley it's kind of one of the things that I had the opportunity and I moved there and at the time I had this idea because That's what I got in touch with these technologies. I was living there. And in the first place, when you start a project, all you have is an assumption that your idea is great and wonderful, <laughs> but yeah. you kind of have to test it out. So I did the first test there just because I was there. And and basically, I put up a first website explaining the whole concept of, of what was the garage about. And I opened an application period to see who will join. And actually, what you say, it's true, because I got a lot of people from Silicon Valley. I actually, I myself was mind blown by seeing applications from people working at Apple, Magically, Facebook, Google. And then I also received applications from people living in LA who actually drove up, because it's not that far. Maybe it's like, uh, I don't know, it's a three, four hour drive from LA to, to Silicon Valley. So it was it was actually at the end very cool to be able to have people from both locations. Mm, okay. And and uh, so now you're you're um, focusing on the workshops and you, you, you create your own methodology of can you explain a little bit more how that works? The workshops and the, and the how to create a story in the end of the workshop? You have mm-hmm. a certain methodology? Yeah. So one thing that we realize is that given the challenge of first of all working with a complete new medium that has no rules and also bringing people that they are not used to work together you definitely need a methodology to 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 get people on the same page and and kind of help them walk through all this process so I've been involved in a lot of innovation and entrepreneurship programs because when I started with the first festivals I was into an accelerator and, and into a lot of programs So I got inspired by the mythology that I learned there and I adapted it into the storytelling world. And mainly because the mythology is not, its purpose is not to tell you what you need to do and what's right and what's wrong. It's to give you tools to be able to explore and ideate in collaboration with people that might have radical ideas to yours and how instead of trying to fight over which idea is better, how you can actually build on top of everyone's skills and knowledge. So the, and also the methodology at the beginning, it was very simple, but of course with two years and a half, it's been growing and we've been 
redefining the process and creating and then so on. Okay. So if you, if you, for example, you did a couple of workshops in the past and from Argentina to New York to LA to, to Norway even uh, and, and in Barcelona also, how does it look like a workshop like that? If people would sign up for a workshop, what can they expect or how does the program look like? Sure. So um, we do workshops that range from one day to two weeks, but normally the methodology and the process we follow is quite similar. So in the first part, we normally try to bring speakers to serve as an inspiration, some some people that can, can talk about their experience, their work, or if we're focusing on a specific challenge, let's say how to, how to enhance the movie theater going experience, then we bring people who has relevant insights onto the, the challenge we're working with. Afterwards, it comes an exploration phase. We believe that in order to, to propose solutions and, and create new projects, first it's necessary to have um, a period of time where you're allowing yourself to to absorb information, even if, when it feels it's too much, but to have this moment of absorbing um, ideas and, and also testing some technology and some new products. And that's why we work with a lot of partners who provide us with their newest technologies so we can bring it into the labs. And afterwards, we we normally try to, to create the teams beforehand. We have uh, an application process. So all the participants are curated and, and selected out of all the ones that apply, we normally cater around 20 to 50 maximum participants. And so we've tried to form teams based on their skills. So every team has different range of skills, which makes uh, a competitive team. Also that they have a similar interest. So even if they have very different abilities, like from a developer to storyteller to an architect, that they have a, a common interest in, in what they are interested in exploring. And then we start the ideation process where we, we, in a way, that process, what it aims to is to put your brain on a paper. So there is nothing left on your head that you would like to explore, that you think that makes sense, and so on. And then out of this big puzzle of, of all these brains um, together, we start defining and converging the ideas until we, we find a first value proposal of, of what do we want to, to build. And from that on, it starts a prototyping phase, which, of course, it's a lab and the workshops are, as I said, short. So what we aim to do at the prototyping phase is not to, to, to fully build a project, but to create this first MVP that enables them to, to validate and communicate their ideas. And finally, we work with the teams to help um, prepare uh, a pitch so they can present their idea to either we're working in a film festival and there is a pitching session in the festival or with a research institute or even with city councils. It really, really depends. You already work with, with film festivals where you, um, prior to the festival, you have the workshop and people can showcase their work during the festival. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've also... Sometimes we've, we've organized the workshops beforehand so then the participants can have the opportunity to showcase that, that first version of their film at the film festival. And, and when we do that, one thing that we've realized that's very interesting is to, it's to be able to stage the piece, mixing also maybe like setting the scene in a way. So the story may begin before that you actually put on a headset. So we've been experimenting a lot with mixing real actors with the VRPs and also playing with objects and, and smells and scents because that's something that 
you can do at a film festival, you probably wouldn't be able to do that. Well, surely not. You wouldn't be able to do that on a VOD platform. Yeah, but if you if you have like a two, three, four day workshop, how can you have like quality content to showcase on the if people are making their first piece in VR? Sure. So for the the workshops that we've done that we knew that that projects were going to be showcased at a festival, it was a minimum of one week that we did the the whole the whole workshop. I mean, not that it makes a big difference, of <laughs> course not. But one thing that we do is in the um, during the creation process, we bring professional DOPs because ah, okay. it's really hands-on workshop. So it's not so much that we give you a theory class and then you do it. All what happens in the workshop is like learning by doing. And when you actually go out and you shoot, there is a professional DOP that's that's joining the team and he's like leaving the the shooting work, of course. And this is a very good way for, for participants to learn. And also for post, uh, I assume. Yeah, and also for post-production because there is a lot of, of decisions that need to be taken on set that make life easier for editors. And in that case, since we already have the professional DOPs on set, then after, of course, for post-production, it's so much easier. So, so you work... Uh, during these workshops, probably you work with a lot of traditional content creators, traditional filmmakers. Um, how open are they to explore this, these new media? So I would say that they are really open and they are really interested. But it's really hard for them when they actually get hands-on to forget what they know about what's a story, what's a film, how do you engage people. Especially because in traditional film, the director is very present in the story itself. He's completely directing your 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 gaze. Like he's literally showing in a small square what he wants you to look at. And it's really, really hard for traditional filmmakers to kind of break with this this need of control and try to explore with fresh eyes what can actually be done with these technologies. That's also why it's really helpful to bring in other profiles from other creative sectors because it, it it really helps them break this this fixed obsession in being able to direct audience attention. Okay. Uh, so besides workshops on um, 360 filmmaking or VR filmmaking, what are you what are what are you doing besides that in terms of workshops? Are there any different fields that you're exploring? Um, because you did something in New York lately, and and that wasn't about 360 filmmaking, but more about exploration of new technologies or something? Yeah, so we've kept working a lot in the film industry and we have, like, we work mainly with these technologies, but we have broadened it to all sorts of innovation in the film industry. Recently in Norway, we did uh, an interactive movie in the line of Bandersnatch where you can decide what the actor does, but still is in a traditional screen format. So we've been exploring in a way, not only with these technologies, but in innovation in, in general in entertainment industry. And I actually see a lot of cross paths between all the possibilities and how they can interconnect VR with choose your own adventure and and all these these sorts. And also we we also work um, with with projects for impact where we leverage our expertise in storytelling and these technologies in order to create projects that may have a bigger purpose, which Maybe, for example, if we're talking about sustainability or cities' resilience or, or, or any sort of, of, of project that actually aims to have an impact on society. And you actually create something then during that workshop? 
or is it just more like ideation? No, so um, of course there is an ideation phase, but there is always a final result that can be presented. And actually the last one, we did the, the one we did in, in, in New York, the winning team is developing their first MVP after the, the workshop because after that they won the audience award at a big festival where they presented in New York. So they are building their first MVP, which is a mixed reality tool for helping you build an hydrophonic system at your home, which what? I have no clue what was hydrophonics <laughs> till then. Basically, hydrophonics is that you grow um, vegetables with no soil, just water, and that's super easy to integrate in any part of your house. So basically, they build this mixed reality tool with Magic Leap where you can, where the headset helps you analyze the space, the light, and the disposition of the furniture of your apartment to actually build the best hydrophonics, which is plants <laughs> without soil, just water in your house based on your personal taste on the vegetables you like. I was very impressive. It's <laughs> called the Edible Apartment. And, and that the, was a project that came out of the workshop that you did in New York. Yeah, that was the winning project. And they, as I said, they won the audience award of the New York Media Lab Festival which was very impressive because they were Crazy. competing against projects that had been developed for months. And uh, the most recent one we did was for the city council in Barcelona, where the city council wanted innovative solutions for the city. And the winning project aims to create volumetric sculptures of local alive women that have an impact or are having an impact in the neighborhood And it's actually being funded by the city council and it's going to be released the first route of sculptures in March next year. Nice. Sounds sounds very interesting what you're working on. So maybe uh, for the last question, back to um, filmmaking. Um, mm -hmm. So since you're talking about emerging technologies and you're in your workshop, so what what is your vision on the correlation of XR and artificial intelligence? How important will AI be in, in storytelling in the future? So one thing I believe that's going to be a rise in entertainment is the reactive content. Because our lives every time are more busy and we need more personalization on when do we consume entertainment and which kind of entertainment do we need at every moment. So I believe that artificial intelligence will enable this personalization, not only for you and for me and for him, But also it depends on where I am, how I am feeling. So I, I, I think they will be able to enable a new wave of entertainment that can actually, that I don't need to actively interact with it, but that can react to how I am feeling, where I am and what I need. So I think that's one of the possibilities, but I, I definitely think that all these emerging technologies, they are not isolated. They need to be joined with our technologies in order to to give birth to projects that are actually meaningful cool so what's next for garage stories so what's next so well we're finalizing to the, the project for barcelona we are having uh, uh another workshop in norway to to prototype innovative projects for the film industry in general. Then we have a series of events, one in Beijing, another one in Tel Aviv. So, yeah, I think a lot of travel for next year. Another nomad in VR. Yes. 
Okay, thank you very much, Marta, for this conversation. Thank you so much.